heart and soul and mind and strength. Don't just fake some external behavior like some offering or sacrifice. Make it an all-in thing. Powerful. I love that song. And um, I'm just telling you, man, we are here to worship. We are here to get it on with our God. And all of God's people said, amen. Man, don't miss it because the world is selling something very different right now. Always is, but right now, man, is it being sold differently. And trying to steal that worship away, don't let it be taken. May God get all the glory. You know, we're in a two-week series here, two whole weeks. And uh, last week and this week, where we're just getting this, this uh, ministry year set up and getting ready to launch, and we're talking about worship. We're talking about what it looks like to get our worship in line with our God and making much of Him. And last week, we talked about our time and what it looks like to kind of rally all of our focus and our time towards our God, that we might love the Lord our God with all we've got, that we might love our neighbor as ourself and go after that. And uh, this week, we're going to look at our treasure, my treasure, and kind of set this up back in the uh, early summer. And we do this every August where we get ready to launch in and we do kind of a time, talent, treasure talk. And, and so today we're going to be hitting my treasure. Jump with me, if you will, to Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. So this is just continuing in the passage we were in last week, right? We're just going to continue it forward. So Mark 12, verse 41. We ended in verse 40 last week. So uh, point number one, how do we respond with this call out to go after worshiping our God with our treasure? Point number one, true worship gives sacrificially. True worship gives sacrificially. This is a sweet ability for us to respond with all-in sacrifice to our God. True worship gives sacrificially. And remember the context now, just a little bit of last week, right? Jesus is with the disciples he's actually this is during the week of passover so it's right before he's headed to the cross and he's talking with them about some of what's going on and the scribes actually one of the scribes challenges him and says hey what's the greatest commandment and jesus says well the greatest commandment is this love the lord your god with all your heart and soul and mind and strength like don't hold anything back Love the Lord your God with all you've got. All that's inside and all that's outside, pour it in for your God. Love the Lord your God. And then he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The scribe never even asked what the second commandment was, but Jesus is like, you need to know this. Let's round this out well. Love the Lord your God with all you got and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it looks like. Sacrificial love, pouring it in. Love, this agape love where we pour it on the line and it costs us. That's agape love when we lay it out for him. He goes on, describes it a little more, and then he says, by the way, not like the scribes. You know, they're just walking around making it all about themselves. They're showing off in every facet and in every front. Man, may we not walk around with our lives being a giant show-off. And all of God's people said, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. To not be striving to try to get the right position and the right attention and the right popularity and to try to get the right money flows. And the, it's not about me, it's about my God. May we constantly make it about our King. That's what Jesus was walking through last week and that's kind of the context of where we pick it up now this week, starting in verse 41. It says, And he, Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people coming in 
And then getting money, putting money into the offering box. Jesus is watching people put money in the offering box. What's this all about? Well, you got to picture it. It's actually right between uh, when Jesus came down the Mount of Olives, when they were like crying out, Hosanna! And they were celebrating Jesus. And then he comes and he flips over the money changers' tables. That was all kind of at the beginning of the week. This is kind of midweek. And he's now had some talks with the scribes. He's beginning to correct and direct by the end of the week. He will be putting the ultimate sacrifice on the line as he goes to the cross for us. Jesus Christ just a couple of days away from this moment. And so he's actually talking to them about sacrifice in general and his love for them. But yes, their love back, their worship back in the midst of this feast that's going on of celebration of God Almighty and his sacrifice. He says he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting their money in. The way it was all set up is if you came in, we'll just call it like the east side of uh, the whole temple mount. When you came in, as you walked up to the temple, the first court was called the court of women. Okay, and that was where, not just where the women were, but where all people could be. And they're like, yeah, the women are allowed to be in here and the kids and all of that. So the court of women, it was called, it was basically allowed for all to be there. They put the treasury there off to the side underneath what's called a portico, kind of like a little porch. They put it there and it's all the way around. It's a huge area. It would hold about 6,000 people if it were all packed in. So there's a big open space and they're in that area. Remember, this is during the Passover feast, so it's going down pretty big, right? There's a lot of celebration. There's a lot of people. There's people coming in from all over Israel for this feast to be able to celebrate. They would come down every year at Passover. And so that's where we're picking it up. They're at Passover and they're in the giant open area. It's open to the top, by the way. There's no roof over it. It's just open, right? And so they've got the sky above and they've got this treasury, the place where the offering would be given off to the side. And that's just how they collected. It was over there, all right? So Jesus went over, he sat down and he was sitting nearby so that he could see what was going on. Why? Because Jesus has said, love the Lord your God. He said it. Now he's going to show it. He's putting it on display as he's beginning to help them understand what's going on. It says, many rich people put in large sums of money. Many rich people were putting in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins which make a penny. Many rich people were coming in putting in large sums of money. Like they're coming in, they've just done a harvest of their fruits and they're bringing in this harvest of fruit, usually grapes and olives, that kind of thing. They're bringing in the harvest of fruit and as they're bringing it in, it's pretty large money amount that they've been able to transact and they're bringing in their sack, whatever it is, however big it is. And as they're bringing it in, they come in the east side, they come into the court of women, they walk right over to the treasury box and they're like, and they're putting in large sums of money. Like people see him walking in and they're like, that guy's dressed nice. That guy's carrying a big bag of money, man. It's a lot of gift. It was a very showy moment of giving. Now, I'm just telling you, not everybody was there with the wrong intention. Some were. Some were like, I'm going to make sure I hold all this together. I'm going to make it look like I give everything I got. And I'm going to, some were showing it off and some were just like, that's where you give it, right? And so they were coming in to give large sums of money and it's not wrong to give a large sum of money and it's not wrong to put it in that treasury box. That's where they were collecting it at. But that's what's going on. You have this treasury box. You've got some that came in after their harvest dumping a big chunk and then it says, and then you have a poor widow. 
Now, the fact that she comes in alone, meaning she actually doesn't have family, at least family nearby. She doesn't have a husband for sure. A poor widow has come in and it says puts two small copper coins in. Two small copper coins. Now, what it actually says in the Greek is two leptas, which were copper coins. So this is an appropriate translation, two copper, copper coins. They were called leptas, all right? And these little copper coins, in fact, if you put two of them together, they would be equal to, and it says here, would make one penny. There are different translations that say different things. In fact, uh, the appropriate word for it, not just lepta, but quadrant, okay, just so you know. And a quadrant makes up, well, it's basically made out of brass. It's two leptas equal one quadrant, right? They're really just talking about money types. It'd be like us saying five pennies and equals a nickel, right? It's, that's all it's talking about. Pennies may be a bad translation because it really doesn't equal anything in U.S. dollars and it certainly doesn't equal our penny as far as a concept. But it's a brass coin. Why does all this matter? Well, here's the deal. If you were a widow, if you were in need, you would come to the temple courts. You would ask them for some help and in benevolence they would give to you. And what they would give you is enough to be able to buy bread for the day. It would cost two leptas. So this is all about the amount of money that she's got is equal to what the temple priest probably just gave her to be able to go and buy bread for the day. Bread for the day. Now, you don't want bread that you can just keep forever and ever. You know what bread is like when you leave it out, right? Like it just gets kind of stale, right? And so the whole point is to be able to buy fresh bread on a daily basis. That's two leptas per day to be able to go and get that bread. That's kind of the implication that's going on here. And it says there were two copper coins that she put in, which made one penny or really one quadrant. And, and he calls his disciples together to talk about it. So let's make sure we grasp this. So you've got this gorgeous open temple. You've got this huge, vast space. 6,000 people could be in there. You've got the buzz and the stir going on of all that's happening with the Passover, the celebration that our God is salvation. Our God is good. He gives to us, right? And the salvation they're looking to is they look back to Exodus and they're celebrating that he released Israel from Egypt. They're looking back in the Passover, but the Passover will also be a fantastic celebration of Jesus Christ at the cross in just a moment in time. And they're celebrating our God is all about salvation as they rally together. Many coming to give huge gifts. Thank you, God, for your salvation. Right? And they're putting big, huge gifts in as they get it out there. And people are coming from all over to give. And in comes a widow. Really tragic heartache. Lost her husband, family not with her, has nothing even to bring to give. Comes over to the temple priest, means she walked all the way across the court of women to the other side, right up to about where you'd start to enter in to go to do some sacrificing. She's talking to the temple priest there and he ends up giving her two leptas. Reality is if this is a, a local widow, which is quite possible. He probably knew her. If he didn't know her, he's certainly writing down the name. He's make, keeping track of what's going on, and he gives her two lepta, and, and God bless you. And she's taking this to go get her bread for the day to survive. And as she turns around in the celebration that's going on of my God saves, and my God is good, 
and all the people there to rally for the, from all over Israel for the year at this Passover feast. She takes those two coins and she walks over to the side corner where the treasury is and she takes both of the coins that would buy bread for the day and she says, Lord God, this is for you. And she drops that all in. That's what Jesus was taking in. And he says, let's talk about it. So he pulls his disciples aside. He says, truly I say to you, like boys, what I'm about to tell you is absolutely true. I'm not sure why Jesus felt he always had to lead with that. I mean, really, isn't the appropriate answer? It always is. Whatever you say is always true, right? But he's like, truly I say to you, the poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Now, you got to believe the first thing they thought was, nuh-uh, not really. Like, I saw a lot of money going in there, and she has not put in more. Because when you hear the word more, the first thing you think is quantity, right? You're thinking, man, quantity-wise, she didn't even come close to matching up. And what is he talking about? And so Jesus goes further. For they all contributed out of their abundance. And please hear me. There's nothing wrong with contributing out of what God has given to give back to him. They're giving first fruits giving out of their abundance and out of God's give to them. They're giving back. That's awesome. And, and maybe some of them had heart problems with their give. Maybe there was issue with showing off with some of them. But the reality, they're giving from an abundance, first fruits giving back. But she, something different is going on. He said, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had. Grasp it. She went to the priest, he gave her two leptas, and she said, Lord God, this is for you. And she walked it over and handed it to her king in full tilt worship. Well, the reality, maybe she took a little bit of bread from the day before and she tore it off and she's like, I'll use this for tomorrow, I wanna give. Maybe it was a momentary thing where she was just stirred by how great her God is. Whatever it is that's going on, while she was in the place of worship and talking about a God who saves, she said, my time to sacrifice for you is this. And she dropped the two leptas in and said, thank you, God, for all that you are. And uh, said she put everything in, all she had to live on. Jesus Christ's point. It's not about the quantity. It's not about the dollars that she put in that beat everybody else's dollars. Her heart of sacrifice, she went all in. Remember back, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. She's holding nothing back. This is an all-out, full-tilt, high-percentage give. She is in, in her worship. And our giving often shows where our focus is at. And Jesus is like, just so you know, her focus is on full worship right now, and she's in celebration. She's got a heart of cheerfulness. She's got a heart of thankfulness. She's got a heart of sacrifice as she's giving to her God. And simple question, so how's your worship? So how are you doing in worship? Are you willing to be able to focus on your God and give with all you've got? How is your giving? Not the quantity, the cheerfulness, the thankfulness, the worship in the midst of saying, Lord God, it's all for you. I'm ready to go. I am but a manager. You own everything and you've loaned some of this to me. 
I'm giving back to you? How's your worship in the middle of give? How are you loving your God? He's like, just so you know, last week, it's all about your time, your focus, and it's all about your treasure and what you're doing with in the midst. May we give sacrificially. Ready? And all of God's people said, it's a pretty big deal. And in the middle of uncertain times, to be able to say, Lord God, as you entrust to me, I will entrust out to you. We're going to talk more in the second point about what things we should be able to use our money for and to make sense out of that. I want to do that. But make sure that we understand that a huge part of our worship is in what we give, right? Point number two. Point number two. True worship gives thankfully and generously. True worship gives thankfully and generously. Do me a favor and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to jump to a separate passage for this part. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 starting in verse 10. You'll know you're there because it has a little yellow tab at the top. No, that's just my Bible. That's where I'm at. Just make sure you jump to 2 Corinthians 9. A few chapters over, a few books over, right? 2 Corinthians 9 and starting in chapter 10 and, uh, or verse 10. So this is all about uh, sacrificial giving and what that looks like. How do we go after it? And true worship gives thankfully and generously. We need to be fired up in our giving. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. He who supplies seed and bread. Everybody just say, that's God the Father. Yeah, say it louder, say it bigger. Dude, that's God the Father. He supplies the seed. He supplies the bread to eat. Our God provides for us. He is good. He is a giver. And we worship him with all we've got. He supplies seed to the sower. He supplies bread for food. It says he will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. He will supply your seed for sowing. Your God giving into your life that you might sow out with that. Your God entrusting into your world that you might be able to invest out into this world. And we need to be really careful about how we think of money. So let's just talk for a few moments about what's appropriate in our spending of money. We've talked about this several times before, but it's good to reiterate, right? God is owning everything. He owns it all. Everybody say he owns it all. He does. It's all his. And when we have a paycheck come in, that's God really as a, entrusting us to be a manager. And he hands over this to be managed. And he says, why don't you go ahead and take care of the things in your life? So obviously, as we've just looked at in the prior passage, one of the pieces that he gives to us for is to be able to give back to him. First fruits giving. Being able to say, thank you, Lord, for all that you are. I give this to you. You are awesome. I praise your name. First fruits giving. Now, Oftentimes, the first question that gets asked about that is how much? And I would just say, based on the prior passage, remember, it's not so much about how much, it's about how, like, cheerfulness and thankfulness and worship and all in and excited for it. And, you know, if you look at the Old Testament, you see guidance is about 10% and those kinds of things. New Testament talks about the heart of giving. And so let's go after that and being able to target something like a 10% is a great starting point. But man, it's not the quantity. Let's make sure we're pouring in a thank you offering to our God. He gives to us. And so yes, first fruits giving. That is a part of what we should be going after in 
one of the things we should be doing with the money. And so giving of our first fruits, second one, super important, daily provisions, food, shelter, clothing. Take care of yourself, take care of your family. As God is entrusted in, there is nothing wrong with taking care of the basics of life. That is absolutely what's supposed to be going on. Food, shelter, clothing, making sure the basics of your family life are covered and cared for. And please be responsible in that, right? Doing something where that is not cared for is a big shortcoming. So making sure food, shelters, clothing is taken care of those needs. And then the third one, not just the giving, not just the basic daily needs, but then also being able to save for uncertain times. For uncertain times, like now. For future, for retirement, making sense out of that. Having a sense of what God is doing in your life. Man, making sure you have a budget that makes sense across the board. Being able to have first fruits giving, being able to care for the daily needs, being able to save both for the uncertain times and for retirement and forward, being able to care and provide as God has so entrusted this money to you. You are a manager. Everybody say, I'm a manager. You're a manager and God's entrusting to you across the whole plethora. And I will say, and there's one last one that we didn't talk about. Yes, saving in uncertain times. Yes, also entertainment celebration. That's not wrong. In fact, some of the tithing that was given in the Old Testament was only for celebration. God's like, I'm giving this to you and I'm providing into your life. Be on fire celebratory. Be able to lift him up. There's nothing wrong with being able to enjoy, for example, maybe a meal out, socially distanced, with your mask up if they're coming to take the order. <laughs> whatever the rules are that they're going through. Just make sure you're celebrating. But remember, that's not just about you. That's you being able to say, Lord God, this is for you. I love you. We're remembering you. Maybe you're going on a vacation as a family. There's nothing wrong with vacations as a family and being able to celebrate and enjoy. Make sure it's a part of your worship. Lord, we thank you that you've provided this opportunity. This is huge. And man, as we budget all this together, that is a balanced walk in your life as God has entrusted you as a manager yes to be giving back of first fruits and yes to be taking care of daily needs for sure and yes to be able to save for those uncertain times and even retirement and yes to be able to celebrate and enjoy yes all of that and making wise sense out of it when we start to drop one of those pieces things get a little off kilter and make sure that you're living your life in balanced worship as God has entrusted to you, so you are wisely managing across the board. This is a huge part of your worship, guys. And I'm just telling you, it can get easy to be like, I don't want to talk about this topic. But the reality is that this often indicates where our heart is camping out. What we're willing to push our money into, what we're willing to be about, often says where we're focusing. Man, make sure your worship this fall is on fire for your God properly providing for your family, properly saving into the uncertainties. It's not wrong to enjoy along the way and giving of first fruits to your God, celebrating him with all you've got. May God get all your worship. Balanced in our giving. It says that he actually gives to us and he supplies and even multiplies the seed for sowing. 
literally so that we can go like this, right? And just so we're clear, let's read the next section here. It says, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. Please hear me, this is not what it says. That your God will supply and even multiply your need to increase your cash saved up just for you. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say to increase your property and possessions. It's not about a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. Many quote this verse, and they kind of forget the word right at the end of the phrase. It says that he might increase the harvest of your righteousness. This is all about a heart that's growing in your passion and your worship for God. This is a God, I'm all on fire for you. I'm celebrating you in my word. I'm celebrating you in my time. I'm celebrating you in our events that we take as a family where we go off on a vacation or whatever. I'm celebrating and providing into this family and I'm celebrating as part of this comes back to you. You are getting my worship. Man, it grows your heart. Righteousness inside. Maybe here's another couple words for it. Maturity, worship, growth. And those things go on fire as you continue to stay engaged with your God and giving to him. It says you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Notice he does not say you will be enriched in every way so that I don't have to give to you again because then you'll have everything. Like the goal is not to try to provide up to some level so all of a sudden we can be self-sustaining. The goal is God providing into our life and we become kind of a through path of care as we're reaching out and caring for those needs we know around us as we're giving back to our God faithfully and regularly into the church as we're celebrating who our king is. And this is worship. As we give of our time, as we give of our treasure, as we make much of our God and he's like, Let's make sure we're going after it generously, celebratory, right? May God truly get all the glory. Then he says, um, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Just so you know, this brings a huge thankfulness to your own heart as you give. And for those that receive, it brings a huge thankfulness to them. It's a huge deal. You know, there's a lot that's going on in this culture right now. There's a lot of needs taking place right now that are brutal. We as a church are, are giving into those, like backpacks every year, we kind of plan that out. We know the needs hit, and yeah, we go after those. We had some $40,000 worth of backpacks going out into this community just in the past month or so. Your guys' giving was huge there. We as a church, we partner in by giving food provided every weekend to kids who aren't being able to do that. We call it snack packs just so they can remember the name, but we're giving it out on Friday so they have food over the weekends that goes out all over the place into this community that we might be able to care. We partnered up with Southside Christian Academy and doing a couple other needs that they've got, trying to pour into the needs of this local community. We also have benevolent stuff going on where we are caring for those who walk in, for those who are having struggles in the church. Man, we care for those in need, and all of God's people said, more than that, I don't know if you've heard what's going on with the hurricane that rolled through down through the Gulf of Mexico and it ended up hitting Haiti pretty hard. And man, we do a ton of giving into Haiti every year. We've got about seventy-five dollars to $100,000 every year that we earmark to go to Haiti just to keep them running. 
And then on top of it, we give into special needs that are going on. We have other churches who have partnered with us, and we're managing probably close to $200,000 to $225,000 a year going out to them in care and provision. And then every time something like this happens, we get geared up and ready to go after any need we may need to cover. And we're still waiting to kind of walk through some of those details with Pastor Abraham on, is there something needed in this moment? But may God get all the glory as we literally as a church, some of the money we kick into another organization that kicks right back for Haiti, we're probably giving about 150000 a year into Haiti alone. Just know, man, we give generously, we give passionately, we give purposefully that those around may be cared for. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, huge deal, man. Huge that we grasp our opportunity is to be able to be generous in huge ways. It brings a thankfulness along the way. It says, and you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way in which through us there will produce thanksgiving in to God. And through us that can produce thanksgiving to God. May we be enriched to give. May there be a giving that goes out. May we look around. Please hear me, man. It is so easy in this COVID world. It is so easy in the upsetnesses that are taking place. It is so easy in all that's happening to just sort of pull back and say, we're just going to care for the local sphere right now. Just me or just my fam. And like I get, man, making sure you're providing for your family, absolutely important. But may we continue to see needs and opportunities we can pour into. May we be generous. May we continue to give back to our God. May he get all the glory. We are enriched that we might be able to share out. And all of God's people said, don't miss it, huge privilege. And he says, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. And our ministry is to be able to celebrate our God with all we've got. Yes, with our time. Yes, with our talents. Yes, with our treasures. Yes, with our focus. Yes, with our worship. May our heart be on fire for our King. May God get all the glory. It's a huge deal. You know, I'm telling you, every day I, I turn on the news and I'm trying to catch up on the latest thing and see what's happening. And uh, not because I really want to know. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm turning it on like, oh, what are we going to find out today? And we're trying to track with what's going on and how can we be praying and what can we be going after? And Lord God, show me what I need to know, what I need to be caring for. Lord, open our eyes, open our minds. I, I praise God that we got schools open in the area. I, I praise God that we've got our kids in school, that it's not blowing up right now. We praise God that things are seemingly managed in the moment. I praise God that we were able to get the children's ministry open today. I praise God that we're being able to rally together, that we're being able to worship, and that we're making much of Jesus Christ. I long to be thankful in this season. Will you join me? It's not an easy task to be thankful, to be worshipful, to be setting this down with our God and saying, Lord God, you get it all. I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I'm in. Man, will you join me? All in. Everybody just say all in. All in. Let's say it louder. Let's say it bigger. All in. Man, holding nothing back. May God get our worship. May we be a church that is so on fire 
that there are those in the community that are looking on and going, I don't get that. I don't get what's going on over there. There is something different happening here. And our singular answer is this. We are worshiping Jesus Christ with all we have. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen, man. My worship and my sacrifice. May God get it all. As we launch this ministry year, let's get our hearts in the right place and let's make much of our King. As we give yes of our first fruits back to Him, as we care for the needs within our family, as we save up for those uncertain days or even days of retirement, and as we do take moments of celebrating and thanking God for all that He's providing, let's go after a balance in our worship May God get all the glory. Let's pray.